Candice, and you're listening to Music for Cupcakes, a podcast all about a bunch of songs that I wrote a long time ago. Unlike most of my other episodes, I've rated this particular episode as explicit because I'm going to use slightly stronger language than I usually do. Just a fair warning for children or sensitive souls, you might want to skip this one. Please Forgive Me is hands down one of my favorite songs I've written. It makes me deliciously happy whenever I hear it, but it's not really the most positive song. It's kind of like a big middle finger to people who misunderstand me, which is probably not very appropriate, but I'm pretty sure it's very relatable. I wrote it in 2012, but it's definitely a throwback to the songs I was writing at the beginning of my songwriting journey in 2008, when my main genre was like cheerful pop music with lyrics about breakups and other sad things. Here's the story. I'm taking a bit of a risk here because this isn't just something that I can pass off as a song about an ex-boyfriend or like something normal and acceptable. This is about a very specific and weird situation that was like the beginning of a domino effect of awfulness for like a year, maybe more. And it was terrible, but most of all, it was ridiculous. So, in a very small, tiny nutshell, I posted a photo on social media and somebody got very upset because of a giant misunderstanding. But it actually took me like a few weeks to get that explanation and to figure out why this person was ghosting me during what ended up being my engagement period. It's complicated, but I'll just say that our mutual people were reassuring me that this person wasn't upset at me for any reason, that they were just too busy with school and work to congratulate me on the engagement. And I kept saying, you know, I think something's wrong. I think they're mad at me. And everyone was like, no, no, don't take everything personally. I didn't actually care about like not being congratulated about the engagement or any of that, but I just had a weird feeling that maybe something wasn't right. And I hate that feeling, like that heavy feeling in your gut that's telling you, you know, someone out there is giving me some intense evil eye. So I finally just kind of gently emailed that person like, hey, is everything okay? And is everything okay between us? Just thinking about you. And almost immediately after I sent it, I got a response. And that person totally blew up at me about the photo and some other stuff that had happened recently and also a bunch of stuff that I had apparently done in the past, but I was too stupid to notice. There were other things going on. It wasn't just someone being offended by pedicures. It was a photo of my feet, by the way. 
And the assumption was that I had gotten a pedicure with some girlfriends that day, which I definitely did not. It's such a silly example, right? There was also a lot of baggage and history that quite frankly had nothing to do with me. And most of all, there was a lot of miscommunication. But the whole thing really messed with me for a long time. I'm embarrassed to admit, this was one of my pivotal redefining moments. Sometimes you don't get to pick and choose them. They just happen. I think what frustrated me the most was that something totally random had been completely misconstrued in such a weird way. But also that everyone at the beginning was like, don't take it personally, not everything is about you. When actually it was kind of about me and it was very personal and that actually this person had seriously disliked me for a very long time apparently. Like my gut feelings were totally right. And then afterwards, even after the smoke had cleared and things were supposedly set right, our mutual people were still like, it's not personal, Candace. I hope you fix things up with them. And I was like, it was a misunderstanding. I didn't technically do anything wrong. But like nobody cared about that. They were just like, take care of it. Apologize. Make that person happy. That's all that matters. We don't care about your side of the story. Also, it was the first time something I'd posted on social media was so incredibly misinterpreted that it ruined someone else's day and also my engagement period, like seriously. At one point I was like, maybe we need to postpone our engagement because it was like a domino effect of awfulness that was affecting the people close to us and I wasn't sure how to respond. But yeah, obviously there's a lot more to the story, probably some stuff I'll never know about. And there's a lot more nuance, which I won't get into detail about because that would take like five hours to unwind the whole thing. But that was the basic gist of it. Sometimes I kind of regret that we went through all of this and that it happened. But I also know that if I hadn't had that experience and learned those lessons then, that something else would have inevitably happened in the future and probably in a much worse situation. This specific situation was actually the point in time where it was like, Ben, we cannot stay in Seattle for the beginning of our marriage because I don't think we'll make it. Like if this whole thing hadn't happened, I guarantee we'd have at least stayed in the state of Washington at the beginning of our marriage. And you know, maybe we'd still be there today. Maybe not, but we'll never know. I know you're probably like, Candace, that's a little bit dramatic. But it was really part of a pattern in that group of people of double standards and very bizarre miscommunication. It wasn't the first time something like that had happened, but it was the first time I'd been a part of it. And I was like, I cannot live like this. Always walking on eggshells at every event, wondering what mundane decision of ours will horribly offend someone. And as you would know, we got really lucky and we were able to relocate clear across the planet to Australia. And here we are almost a decade later. So I think as hard as it was, deciding to move away was one of our best decisions, all thanks to this weird blow up. After the weird drama had kind of settled down, I needed an outlet to vent my anger that wasn't anything unhealthy like self-harm. 
Like I had seriously considered it, but I was like, this isn't worth it. These people aren't worth it. I mean, to be clear, nothing and no one is ever worth it. But I just didn't want to give the situation more attention than it deserved, you know? So I wrote this entire song with so much rage and frustration, and I wanted it to be intense. But I also wanted to make something that sounded playful and cheeky. And I wanted to make it relatable, so I wrote it about misconceptions in general. It's basically a take on the concept of sorry, not sorry. Here are the lyrics. Please forgive me for all the things that I did not do. Your misconceptions and all the ways I've offended you. I didn't mean to hurt you with your twisted perception of me. Don't take everything so personally. Try to forgive me for all the things that I did not say. All your assumptions and all the judgments you throw my way. I didn't mean to hurt you with your twisted perception of me. Don't take everything so personally. Try to forgive me, I will forgive you, but your double standards I can't live up to. Try to forget me, I will forget you, cause your double standards I can't live up to. I'll try to forget you and all the silly things you think of me, all your petty little grudges and your great lack of empathy. I didn't mean to hurt you, but you know that I have to leave. So take everything personally. You take everything so personally. It's so harsh. <laughs> it's all mostly vague enough to be a universal, relatable song, but there are definitely things that came directly from the argument, like the line, don't take everything so personally, which is what everyone always tells me, so in the song, I kind of throw it back to them. It's such a cathartic song, especially paired with, you know, the cheerful music. I put all my favorite songwriting signatures in the song, bells, epic strings, hand claps, anything to make it light and cheerful and cute. I initially wrote the whole song on the guitar, like the bare bones of it. I used, you know, a very standard chord progression. But in my first version, I decided to make these synthesizer sounds as the backbone of the song. In some parts, it kind of sounds like an old video game, like an 8-bit thing. Kind of quirky. I use acoustic guitars in the background, and I use a few electric guitar filters on top to make it a little edgier. The filters I used are called Indie Rock and British Invasion, <laughs> which, I mean, I didn't name these things. Especially in the bridge, I use some crunchy, muted string sounds here to make it sound more hardcore or whatever. By the way, here's what the guitar sounds like without the filter. Not much of an edge, right? I'm not sure what 
part of the song structure the la 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 part fits into. It's like a bonus verse maybe. You know, I actually think I might have used it as a makeshift bridge before I actually wrote the real bridge, but I kept it in there because it's just so fun and cheeky. I use the words la 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 in a lot of my songs. Here's a quick montage as proof. this one. It's a great way to make a song really childlike and fun. At one point I tried adding a little chorus of woos like right here like woo but um it didn't sound good. Like it's one of those things that sounds good in your head but when you record it you're like that's actually terrible. <laughs> The intro reminds me of the movie Melancholia, not because it sounds like anything in the movie, but because it's a movie we watched around the same time, and it was really powerful and kind of merged together with my mindset during that season. That movie really affected me in a weird way, and it actually might be part of why this period of my life was kind of like lethargic and strange. Anyway. I use the bridge as the intro of the song, which is something I love doing when I can. I usually do this when I think the bridge doesn't fit with the rest of the song, so tying it to the intro is my way of trying to make it make sense. But in this case, I think the bridge actually fits really well with the rest of the song, so I think I just used the bridge at the beginning because it sounds cool. like the bridge. It's so harsh in comparison to the rest of the song, but I think it's a really good contrast. Even though I wrote most of the song in one day, it actually took me a few days to come up with the lyrics and the melody for the bridge. I had the chords, but nothing else. The melody began as something way different. but it didn't work at all and I couldn't write lyrics that really matched the level of intensity that I wanted. And then I thought, why don't I kind of echo the song's verses, but also make it different? So it starts out the same. But it turns it around. And the lyrics really drove in one of my biggest frustrations and really the heart of that particular situation, double standards. And I like that idea of not being able to live up to someone's double standards, like a play on the idea of living up to someone's standards in general. I used a little layering on the vocals here. 
I recorded the bridge a few different times and then I layered them and kind of staggered them by like milliseconds to get this creepy echoey effect. Try to forget me. I will forget you. Cause you're double standards. I can't live up to. I also had one of the vocals kind of going from one ear to the other to add to that disorienting feeling with like a megaphone filter because I thought it made me sound more tough. Try to forgive me. I will forgive you. But your double standards I can't live up to. For the percussion, I used several different garage band loops. Most of the song uses Motown Drummer 18. I just thought it sounded really clean and it had this really fun and simple beat to it that helped the song sound more cheerful. I used random parts of the beat to make the fills, like the upbeats here. And it's a really small detail, but I think it adds to the song's momentum. For the bridge, I used two loops, Classic Rock Beat 2. And Modern Rock Drums 11. When you play them alone side by side, they sound really non-related, but in the mix, you can't really tell. Or maybe you can, but I can't. <laughs> So one thing I totally didn't notice until I started taking notes for this episode is that everything is in unison. There's a total lack of harmony except for the la 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 part. This is really uncommon for my songs because I love harmonies and I love harmonizing with myself. I can't remember if I had tried adding harmonies at some point, but just decided not to, or maybe I just forgot. <laughs> but maybe in a more abstract sense, it's alluding to the fact that I was not in harmony with myself or this group of people during this time of my life. But I think that's probably a stretch. The process of writing and recording the song was definitely therapeutic for me in so many ways. It was a good distraction, and it channeled a lot of my anger in a mostly healthy way. When I'd finished my final touches on the demo, I played it over and over and over whenever I felt rage about the situation. It was definitely one of my favorite recordings for a while, even if it was a bit harsh. About a year or so later, I did an updated version of the song with some tweaks here and there. The original version was more synth-heavy, while in the new version, I replaced the opening synths with an organ patch. For all the things that I did not do your misconception. I thought the organ's religious undertones would add a bit of weight to the lyrics, which deal with double standards. I'm not against religion, but I'm against hypocrisy, and it's sadly a common occurrence in many schools of religious thought these days. 
And a lot of the time, religious institutions are places that take offense to things that have little or nothing to do with them. So it felt like an appropriate parallel to the song. I changed a few of the lyrics, either for clarity or to make them more accessible. In the first version, the final verse goes, I'll try to forget you and all the shitty things you think of me. And all the shitty things you think of me. And I changed shitty to silly. And all the silly things you think of me. I do like both versions, but silly is definitely more appropriate for the public. And also it's kind of a way to deflect the seriousness of the song. I also changed the lyric and your frustrating apathy to and your great lack of empathy. Neither of those are really lyrics I care for, but I thought the new version was a bit more universal yet harsh. For the opening line, I changed the rhythm of the melody. So that there would be a pause between for all the things that I did not Please do. Please forgive me for all the things that I did not do. Because I thought it would be more effective to make it sound like a genuine apology right up until the very end of the line. And it's kind of funny to me. Anyway, the whole situation, you know, it still does bother me. But there's been enough time and enough history for it to be mostly water under the bridge. I mean, I don't know, I might get in trouble for this episode. Who knows? It definitely taught me valuable lessons for how to deal with things. I am a lot more mindful of how and when I use social media. I never do check-ins or post photos while things are simultaneously happening. That's definitely been a good lesson in general. And I've also made use of the fact that you can like hide things from certain people on Facebook. <laughs> and I've kind of learned that when it comes to people who don't care about how you feel or about your side of the story, and they just want you to be, you know, the bigger person and apologize for nothing and just patch things up for the greater good. Well, fuck that. Your feelings are valid, your story is valid, and you have every right to feel however you feel. To wrap things up, here's my final version of Please Forgive Me.
You can check out this song and some of my other tracks on candacek.bandcamp.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Bye.